1: Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs Twenty Four Seven. With me, Kip Adams, Rusty mancello Dogs Twenty Four Seven, and some pretty big news on the brink here. Looks like Georgia's going to hire Scott Cochran as an on-field coach, swiping him away from Alabama after 13 years. I don't know any other way to say it. One of the most accomplished strength and conditioning coaches out there. Uh, the reports are that that he's he's coming to Georgia multiple reports and then you've got you know chris Lowe reporting that he's coming in a special team's role we're going to get into kind of what what we're hearing as far as the finality of it all what it means to add him to the staff now that the dust is settled on the staff what we think of the of the whole thing and and also going to tuck on the combine a little bit at the end of the show but before we get rolling with anything big rusty what are you hearing what's the latest on this thing
2: well as we record this is Five o'clock, roughly five o'clock on Monday afternoon. It is not a done deal from talking to multiple sources. Do I think it is heading towards Scott Cochran joining the University of Georgia staff? I absolutely do. Uh, I just want to caution as we record this that right now you haven't seen an official announcement of the University of Georgia. I think there's some things to be, some I's to be dotted and some T's to be crossed. Uh, I just want to be very careful that it's not a done deal, but I do expect uh, everything else I'm hearing for Scott Cochran to join the staff, and, you know, we're all kind of shocked by that. To be honest, you know, in this spot, we kept thinking that that probably Buster Faulkner uh, would be that guy. Uh, This makes sense in the grand scheme of things, as we'll talk about more about what Scott Cochran has done in the past. He hasn't been an on-the-field coach, uh, but he has been in a room – for a long, long time, meeting rooms, and been around the program. If you want to get down to the facts, Scott Cochran didn't play college football uh, at LSU. But guess what? Glenn Schumann, who's Georgia's inside linebacker coach, didn't play college football at Alabama. Glenn Schumann worked as a student assistant in the football offices, uh, working his way up to a person that was game planning and working along Kirby Smart day-to-day. So, you know, you don't know what Scott Cochran – did as far as how much he was around special teams, kickoff teams, kickoff coverages, those types of things. But for Kirby Smart to hire him, he had to feel like he can bring something to that area because obviously he got Scott Sinclair. This goes back to now, we talked about this when Kirby got hired. And I'll say this, that almost happened. He almost was the strength and conditioning coach at Georgia. It was very close to happening. Scott Cochran and Kirby Smart, very close. Scott Cochran's wife, Sissy Cochran, and Mary Beth Smart, very close. They have kids the same age. Their kids are very close. When the opportunity arose, looks like it's happened now. Uh, this time, it sounds like it's going to happen when Scott Cochran is going to join Kirby Smart, come to Athens in a role that none of us ever would have guessed. But obviously, what Kirby Smart thinks, this is making the program better to the University of Georgia. And based off, you know, Kip probably touch on this too, some of the social media stuff we have seen. Uh, Kendall Milton's father, Chad Lindbergh, tweeting a lot of things, positive things. Um, People at Alabama tweeting, um, you know, that, and then I saw Ha Ha Clinton Dix put a tweet out and said, Hey, Coach Cocker's been trying to get on the field for a long time. He's done his time in Alabama. Best of luck to him. So, uh, you know, all those guys feel like he's leaving. We feel like he's going to join Georgia's staff. We just, you know, I don't want to do this to Kip, but we've learned with Zach Evans. Um, You know, it ain't over till it's over. So we want to be cautionary as we report this, but we do anticipate Scott Cochran being a part of Kirby Smart's staff moving forward, probably uh, pretty soon, in the next 24 hours.
1: And I believe it was Chris Lowe who put it out there that uh, Nick Saban is expected to address the team later today and and you know announce that, that Scott Cochran is leaving. I, I don't know, you know, obviously I I don't know where he's getting that information, but you know, reput- reputable reporter there, kind of going with that. And and there there were also reports of Lane Kiffin trying to get Scott Cochran away from Alabama so uh, as, as an on-field coach so Kirby Smart's not the only former Alabama coordinator that's tried to do this and and uh you know it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out uh, you know I I personally have kind of you know, kind of racked my brain and, and I've gone back and I've looked at a few YouTube clips of, of Alabama games and, and things like that in, in the limited amount of time I've had and Scott Cochran is in, was involved with those special teams on the sideline. Now you don't know exactly what goes on, what his duties are, what he's in charge of, but you do know this. Kirby Smart has coached with him by my count ten years. Nine at Alabama, one at LSU. He knows the guy really well. Very and great. if
2: if, like vacation together. Well, right.
1: And, and, and he knows, a, but just in a work capacity, he knows what he's capable of. And sure. it, he's not going to bring a guy to I me mean, as much as Kirby smart talks special teams and harp special teams and, and, and wants to inject it into the conversation. Sometimes whenever it's not really supposed to be injected into the conversation, uh, you don't. I don't think he's going to throw caution into the wind and take a chance that's unnecessary with a hire like this. I hate to be the trust the coach type guy, but he does. He does know this guy. You know, knows Scott Cochran extremely well professionally, and understands that that what he can bring to the table and and uh, what he can do as a recruiter as well. Because you know that's going to be of the utmost importance as well. Uh, Kip, going to start with you here, real quick. What are your thoughts on on the hiring of Cochran that is still not final but but apparently you know appears imminent at this point what are your thoughts on it and and what is what does it say to you that, that Kirby Smart is making this move
3: it continues an off season of Kirby just not you know going by the book he everyone again said is Kirby able to to take a look in the mirror, see what needs to be changed, and, and make the necessary changes. I think it's clear that you know he wants some fresh eyes on this program, and it's it's definitely outside the box. I mean, I don't think any of us can sit here and say that Scott Cochran is who we you know had envisioned for this coaching position we, a lot of people thought it was going to be maybe an offensive assistant, maybe someone to again continue to help out with, with quarterback development. You know, we, we said initially that this was a special teams, you know, coach position that was available, you know, thinking maybe Todd Hartley could take on that, that role. In addition to tight ends, maybe if, you know, a quarterback's coach was higher, but now we have potentially, the addition of someone who would coach special teams who has zero on-the-field coaching experience and, from what I know, has not coached you know, any position at, at any level going back to high school. So it's definitely intriguing. I know that Scott Cochran is someone that Kirby Smart has a very high uh, amount of respect for and someone that he obviously wanted on staff, if this was the only way he could get him, then he thought it was worth it still to get him, you know, in the program. There's, There's kind of a split in the road here between the people who thought that, you know, Scott Cochran was just part of the machine that Nick Saban had built at Alabama, and people that think that his value went beyond strength and conditioning at Alabama, and some people felt, He was the most important person on staff. Some people felt that you know maybe he was a little overrated as a strength and conditioning coach. Very you know varying opinions out there on Scott Cochran, but he definitely established himself as one of the the most well known strength and conditioning coaches. And obviously with the success Alabama's had over the past you know fifteen years, and and that Saban's had, he's been there for the entire. Right. He's the only uh, or I think one of two coaches that was on Saban's original staff in 2007 that was still left. So he's obviously been important to Alabama's success. It's just it's just extremely intriguing, especially when you just look at Georgia's special teams. I mean, they're going to be replacing, you know, arguably their most successful kicker in Rodrigo Blankenship. And so that's that's one area where. You could potentially have a true freshman kicker in Jared Zirkle. There's obviously going to be a competition there at that spot. You you look at, you know, the the return game, both punt and kick return, you know, punt and kick kick uh, kickoff defense. It was an area that, you know, Georgia could have done a little bit better in that area. And then you have, you know, Jake Camarta at punter who, uh, you know, had a breakout season for the most part in 2019 and is, you know – expected to return as as one of the strengths of the team potentially. So, you know, if he's coaching special teams, as a lot of people have speculated and reported, I think it's going to be extremely interesting and very entertaining. I just think that we're all kind of in the dark on on what he brings to the table in that aspect. So it's really tough for us to kind of place a grade or place a value in it other than to say that, uh, you know, it's an interesting hire by Kirby Smart and, again, uh, unique. I mean, it's maybe the most unique on the field coaching hire uh, of the of this offseason so far. But at the same time, you know, having Buster Faulkner on that, you know, on that staff and then on the field, off the field coaching role is still going to help them as far as that quarterback development. So I guess Kirby felt, you know, he was strong there with him and Todd Monken and, and felt that, you know, this was the best possible addition to, to his coaching staff. But It's it's just very, very interesting and not something that I think any of us
2: expected. Yep, let's get to the real question. Who's going to hold Kirby Smart back on the sideline, Sinclair or Cochran?
3: Uh, Who's going to hold Cochran back on the (laughs) the sideline? (laughs) You're going to have someone with both hands out there holding both of them at this point. I think that sideline, you're going to have multiple – the the ESPN multicam is gonna have is gonna be on both of those guys for probably the entire game now. I mean that sideline is it, it increases explosiveness a lot. We're gonna have a lot of uh, Kirby Smart in the air, but maybe some simultaneous Kirby Smart and Cochran in the air at the same time. Photos to use this season.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And and keep you pointed this out uh, a celebrity strength and conditioning coach basically. I mean this guy is. Everybody knows who he is. They've done. He's had a documentary done about him. Uh, in multiple spots on ESPN, just kind of those you know five minute hits. Uh, you know he he's the most well known guy out there. And you know Kirby Smart kind of gets to have his cake and eat it too. Tried to bring him in earlier uh, in his initial staff at Georgia. Ends up getting Scott Sinclair. Very impressed with Scott Sinclair. Now he gets Scott Cochran too. Um, you don't know how much their paths are going to cross as far as strength and conditioning. I mean, I, I know the coaches do, you know, spend time with the kids with the, with the players in terms of workouts, but you don't know exactly what the input as far as putting it all together. I'm pretty sure that's probably just going to be Scott Sinclair's baby. Maybe they bounce ideas off of it, uh, off of each other. But ultimately like uh, the, the the thing I pulled from what you just said was that just the the notoriety and, and that may be the wrong word there, but, But just the the fame that he brings to that. And every guy that has been recruited by Alabama over the past however many years, nine years, 10 years, 11, 13, I think, actually – Knows who Scott Cochran is. He's a big part of that process. Rusty, what does it say to you? What What does it mean to you that that Kirby brings Scott Cochran here? Is it you mentioned the personal connection? Is that a big part of it? Did the two just want to work together, or is it a is it just more than that in terms of the structure of of how he fits into the program?
2: I mean, there's going to be a lot of discussion over the next couple of days on this. I'll say this. There's no Alabama fan that, that would look you in the eyes and say this doesn't hurt because that's how valuable Scott Cochran is. Alabama will always be Alabama, and it, it, that program is on another level in history, and that's, that's documented. So we, I'm not trying to put Alabama down. Scott Cochran leaving Alabama to go to Georgia, that hurts, and that's not going to be something that's easy replaced – uh, from a lot of things. Nick Saban has kept him there. Nick Saban has paid him. He was the number one paid strength coach. He's got all these endorsements, those types of deals for a reason because, um, you know, he, he's done great things with his personality. But at the end of the day, he's done great things with the team in Alabama and what those guys look like. Listen, Georgia is trying to get to where Alabama is. And you got to win on the field, bar none. They played these two games uh, against Alabama and Mercedes Benz and came away, um, whatever you know, being behind four or five total minutes and losing both games. And that's bottom bottom line. But if you're going to chop a little bit of their legs off from underneath them in February, this is something else that that we haven't discussed. Jake, you know this because of of your coaching background and some things you've done. What's the most important thing you're doing in February and March as a football team on the high school and college level?
1: You're you're working them out, man. You're getting them ready physically and mentally.
2: You know who is in charge of that? This guy right here. So this guy has had a history, what he's done in Alabama, what he does week to week, day by day. He knows how to get the Alabama football team ready and ready to rock in August. Today looks like they've lost him. And that weakens them a little bit. And you look at Georgia and you add Scott Cochran, whatever you do, whatever you do, let me be clear, whatever you do at Georgia by adding Scott Cochran makes you better. At the end of the day, Kirby Smart is trying to win a national championship. He's trying to get Georgia to where he is. He was able, looks like he's able to get this guy. And it makes Georgia stronger. And it makes Alabama have to replace a very, very very key piece of their program. Uh, I saw Cole Kublick tweet and say that that Saban hasn't had a significant loss like this. Um, I would maybe argue Kirby, I, I, just from what he did recruiting-wise for them, but someone that's been by his side, Nick Saban, for this long and, and a right-hand man to go to a you know an SEC foe like Georgia. It, it, you know, you can look at it with your Georgia glasses on, Alabama glasses on, whatever you want to look at it. And people are listening to this podcast, my opinion today, Georgia got better and Alabama took a step back. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of people in line for that job in Alabama. But with Scott Cochran, that's a that is a, that's a a pretty big change right now in the timing of what is going on in the offseason.
1: You know, I, I see that point, Rusty, and and maybe maybe I just have a different, uh, slightly different. I mean, it's it, the potential is there for that to for it to be a blow to Alabama, a big blow to Alabama. It is a little bit, it stings a little bit as is, but I look at it as you know. Listen, Nick Saban is is the man there. It's his program. He's filled every single. You know, nook and cranny that has been there over the years, every crack, every vacancy, he's just plugged and played, and they've just been a machine. And so, I think there's a good chance that they can do that again. But I also think that that just putting Alabama in a situation to have to do that. Your point about when, what time of year, all that stuff is huge. The offseason games, man, it's, it's, it's massive. And and I, I definitely see that point. I think it could be massive. But I also think Nick Saban makes the ride higher and they pick up right where they left off. But 13 years, the one guy that was there through it all. I mean, you know, there, there was there was a revolving door at, at office of coordinator. And, you know, Kirby Smart was there for nine years as defensive coordinator. They've had a couple since. Uh, you know, other things have changed. Scott Cochran remained the same, and the potential for it to be a huge blow is there. One thing that I that I kind of thought of, and maybe this is a little inside baseball here. I'm not sure, but you know, I think this may be the perfect timing to be, bring on a guy like Scott Cochran. And the reason why is because you know, if you're if you're Kirby Smart and you're coming over from Alabama, brought Glenn Schumann, brought brought uh, Mel Tucker, and obviously Schumann had kind of hitched his wagon to Kirby as as his, as an assistant there for a while. Mel Tucker had only been at Alabama there for that one year. But you're Kirby, and and, and you're bringing over your own program. You're not wanting to bring Alabama to Georgia. You're not wanting to – you are, but you're not wanting to do like the reports you heard about Lane Kiffin and Ed Ogeron doing it at Tennessee where they had USC stuff up on the walls, and, and it was Trojan this and USC that. There, there's a balance you have to kind of walk there, and, and I think maybe bringing Scott Cochran over there at the same time with as much time as he had spent at Alabama might would have kind of brought some crimson into that kind of Georgia red there, and that that might have not been the right mix at the time. Well, Kirby Smart's come to Georgia has been at Georgia for four years now. He's had quite a bit of success, and and is kind of on the doorstep. And now may be the perfect time to bring in that extra personality, that strong personality, that, that guy with the Alabama connection. And it could be the guy that helps get Georgia over the top. Well, I mean, only time's going to tell that. And, and, and you, you said it earlier, Rusty, it's gotta be played on the field. You've got to get it figured out. The thing that I'm going to bring up too is I've had some interactions with Scott Fountain and there's no doubt in my mind that Georgia got a polar opposite in terms of personality in Scott Cochran. Now, How's that gonna work out at special teams coach? I really don't know. But I know Scott Fountain is kind of a I wouldn't say soft spoken, but he's not nearly no few people are in the same league as Scott Cochran from a juice standpoint and from a uh, from a standpoint of of energy and 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 hype. And uh he, he brings that to a completely different level. Let's take a break real quick. Come back on the other side, talk about the coaching staff as a whole. It seems like roles may be settled now. And and get into some NFL Combine talk toward the end of the show.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, the
1: addition of Scott Cochran. Now, we could be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I feel pretty comfortable in saying that means Todd Munkin, quarterbacks. Uh, you know, obviously, Dale McGee, Cortez Hankton staying in their current roles with running backs, wide receivers, Todd Hartley, uh, tight ends, Matt Luke, offensive line coach, defensive side of the ball stays the same as it was last year, and then Scott Sinclair to uh, to special teams coach. Rusty, what do you think about that staff? What, what, what kind of Anything kind of jump out to you?
2: At, <laughs> I'm trying to process all of this uh, with Scott Cochran, you know, now at Georgia, I mean, we're all interested in, in, in the new offense. You know, how's all this going to play out? From my perspective, I'm interested in the recruiting areas. You know, where where is Scott Cochran? Uh, you know, here's the thing, too, now. And not saying that Scott Cochran's going to be not going to be on the road, but, you know, Nick Williams is a guy that Kirby has put on the road a lot. Nick Williams has recruited Keely Ringo hard for Georgia. Keely Ringo told me in Texas, that Nick Williams was one of the big reasons that he ended up at Georgia. Those guys can have contact. They just can't be on the road as an off-the-field guy. But it's also the number of guys you can have on the road. So not saying that Scott Cochran won't be on the road, but does it mean that Scott Cochran has to be on the road all the time. I mean, what if Nick Williams – he uses Nick Williams some. And Jonas Jennings, who at times has been recruiting uh, for Georgia – so, there's a lot of different uh, ways that Kirby can 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 use this staff. Um, I, I think Matt Luke was an unbelievable hire. I mean, I, I did some calls today on with some prospects. And, um, you know, as, as this class unfolds and, and, and there's some big key targets in the state of Georgia offensive line-wise, I think Georgia fans – I think Kirby Smart hit a grand slam with Matt Luke. Not a homer. I think he hit a grand slam with Matt Luke. And uh, – you look at the, uh, you know, how this is going to play out offensively, uh, and and then when you look at Scott Cochran as well joining in with Bust, you know, you got a a, a group of five offensive coordinator that that leaves his team to come be in the meeting room basically uh, as an off the field guy, Buster Faulkner. So, I think it would have been fun November the say November the first if somebody would have gave you this paper and said Jake, February twenty fourth. Here's Kirby Smart's ten guys, and you probably would have passed out at that point. But, you know, this is this is reality. Scott Cochran now at Georgia as a, as a special teams coach, which it's good. It's crazy to say that, but it's going to be interesting to watch. The sidelines are going to be fun to watch for sure. And um, like Kip said, who's going to hold Scott Cochran back? Maybe maybe Big Jonas is going to have a new job on, on game days.
1: No doubt. I, I, I'm telling you, the, these support guys are going to have their hands full. Uh, Kip, you got something?
3: Nick Saban has commented on the hire. He is uh, He's basically said that Scott did a really good job for us at Alabama, was a big part of our success, but he wanted that on-the-field coaching position, and one day he wants to be a head coach. We didn't have a spot for that year, so – as good as he is, our strengths coach, it's probably best for him to get on the field of Georgia and, and make that next step in his career. That's basically what Saban said. That's that's about as confirmation as you're going to get from Saban. So I think at this point, it's uh, you know, it's on to just Georgia announcing him. So uh, September nineteenth, Georgia goes to Tuscaloosa. I think that's a, a whole new uh, aspect of that game. I mean, again, Scott Cochran is famous for that for that quote. You know, pl- whenever Georgia was wearing the you know the black jerseys, talking about you know they're going to their own funeral. Now he's now he's coaching for the you know the Georgia Bulldogs, and he's going to be facing you know his, his former employers, former uh, you know head boss and, and Nick Saban, just like the you know Kirby Smart, Glenn Schumann you have another aspect of this storyline for this game. That's already, you know, the biggest game of the year at this point, we have to imagine. And just another wrinkle added to that would be the, you know, the, the return to Tuscaloosa for Scott Cochran. So I think at this point, you know, we're still waiting on Georgia to confirm that hire, but I think that it it all signs are pointing to it, it, you know, being formality at this point. And it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's just eye opening. I, I think just like Rusty, I'm just sitting here. Just this was not something I expected at all. And I think uh, if this was Kirby's guy all along, uh, you know, uh, just a- incredible that the you know this is the his decision. This is the the person he chose for this. And I, I wonder what uh, Scott Cochran's pitch, what his interview was like with with Kirby and. Like Russ, I mean, Russy said, I mean, I'm not sure if he'll be on the road, but just at the same time, him on the road, him doing an in-home visit during the contact period. Uh, I w- I'm hoping, uh, I'm not a huge fan of social media uh, as far as the recruits are concerned, but I am hoping to see some Instagram lives of Scott Cochran doing an in-home visit with some recruits the, this fall. That's kind of my main hope now, as far as recruiting is concerned.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe I don't want to get too deep into this because we could probably talk about it for 25, 30 minutes and read through NCAA bylaws, but I think if you've got a full coaching staff, those are the guys that have to be on the road, right? I don't think you can interchange them out, can you?
2: Um, I, I might be wrong, but I know that at times Jim Cheney would stay in and work on offensive staff and they would send – that's a good question. We need to clear that up, but, but um, that's a good question.
1: Yeah, I, I might need to find some confirmation on that. I, I I'm kind of confused I'm on trying, it as well. I'm
2: trying to check, but I, that's got me stumped. And I know we're in the middle of a podcast, so we're going to check <laughs> well, that.
1: But here the- here's another thing too did it Did it take us I don't know how far we're into this thing right now. Did it take us that long to bring up the fact that Georgia goes to Alabama on September 19th next year? Uh, I think Kip may have been the first one to bring it up, so that we're going to take a little while uh, before we kind of get to the point where. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not going to take very long. I said that opposite. It's not going to take very long before we kind of get a showdown here and, and Kirby and and uh, uh, Scott Cochran and Glenn Schumann all return to Tuscaloosa. I will, I do want to say this about Scott Cochran, though, and I'm not saying this because he's just a, become a staffer at Georgia, but it's hard not to be impressed with a guy that was at the top of his profession and doing extremely well and could have retired could have walked away could have did what he was doing for the next five to ten years and been known as an absolute legend but he's got a dream and he's chasing it he wants to be a head coach one day he wants to be an on-field coach and so he's putting himself out there and six hundred thousand dollars a year is an awful comfy, comfortable place to be all right, $600,000 a year in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or oh. Athens, Georgia, or anywhere but Los Angeles, New York City, Chicago is a hell of a lot of money. And I, I don't know if – I i, I kind of doubt he's going to make that at Georgia as a special teams coach. Scott K- Fountain wasn't really close to it. But to put yourself out there and to maybe put yourself in a position where you may fail, you may not be very good at it, I, I don't know, man. that thats That's a pretty – That's a pretty gutsy move by him, and and you've got to give him props for kind of chasing his dream like that.
2: I'll tell you this, two questions, two answers. I don't know for sure, but I would be very interested in what title he gets because I'm not sure Scott Cochran takes a pay cut to come on the field. I just, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see where it is. I could be wrong. Go back to our previous discussion. If you have a full staff in place, that person, let's just use Nick Williams' example, would not be able to go on the road. So, Jake, you were you were correct in that. Now, if there's someone that is – there's a spot open or someone has a medical leave of absence, sick coach, misses two three weeks in the hospital, something like that, there is circumstances that allow that. But uh, I did double-check with a, a trusted source, and that source texted me back and said it has to be the 10 on-the-field guys – or the guys that can be on the road recruiting. So that tells yeah. Scott Cochran is going to have a territory and god help us all if it's Hoover, Thompson, <laughs> Tuscaloosa Central. <laughs> There's no way Kirby's going to put the state. If Kirby puts him in the state of Alabama, my goodness, that's another whole podcast.
1: Ducking cover. Uh, let's talk about this NFL combine real quick, and pr- primarily Jake Fromm. Measures in just shy of six foot two, not bad. 219 pounds, not bad. Arm length's fine. Wingspan's fine. Hand size, 8 and 7 eighths inches. Not what you wanted to see. Odds are kind of stacked against him in that regard. Uh, Kip, can you talk a little bit about, you've done some research on this, hand size and NFL quarterbacks how how stacked against uh uh Jake Fromm are the odds at this point when it comes to a hand that hand size that's below nine inches?
3: As far as documented NFL combine hand size, it's uh I mean he's up against it a little bit. I mean I went back and and did some research. I remember Rusty reporting that you know Jake Fromm was kind of working on that and trying to uh You know, Uh trying to get that hand size as as far as you could get it. And I looked at every NFL combine measurement, I think, of the last 19 years. And as far as guys that got it done out there, there were were two guys that came in under nine-inch hands. Brandon Allen from Arkansas, Tyler Wilson also from Arkansas coincidentally, Brandon Allen went in the sixth round of the 2016 NFL draft. Tyler Wilson went in the fourth round of the 2013 NFL draft. Now I don't remember Michael Vick getting his hand measured at the combine later. It it is known that he had sub nine inch hands, but other than that, there's just not a a record of someone being drafted with, with, hands that small. And so For that aspect, I mean, it's definitely a knock because Jake was being, I mean, we've had this discussion on the podcast multiple times. Jake was being discussed as, you know, being a potential second round pick, you know, bottom. I mean, when teams need a quarterback and there's going to be four probably going off the board in the first round, it just takes one team to say we need a quarterback and he could sneak into the bottom of the first or he could be at the top of the second. You know, you could see a team like the Chargers taking him, trying to sign Tom Brady and then having Jake learn, learn under him. A situation like that, that was a potential – something that could happen. And so second round, I mean, that's that's something that you at least it, – it, it, the, the scouts are going to go back and say, okay, you know, what do we think here? Especially – I mean, especially the teams up north. I mean, obviously the weather becomes more of a factor now. Uh, It's something where we thought maybe a dome team or a team in the south would probably be a better fit. All that does is you're potentially eliminating teams or teams taking them off the board or dropping them down down the board a little bit. It could happen. He's got plenty of film. You know what you're getting for the most part in Jake Fromm, but... The, the hand size with quarterbacks is it, definitely a factor, and it's something that people pay a lot of attention to. And, I mean, you you know he wanted to get something, you know, nine or nine plus. If you get the nine, you're getting into that Jared Goff, you know, Ryan Tannehill, you know, teams can work with that. I mean, that's what – Joe Burrow, I was shocked to see him. He came in with nine, nine flat, you know, at his size. Uh, that was not something I expected – But I don't think it's going to put him in a situation where he's, you know, really falling that much. He's probably still that top guy with with Tua still, you know, coming right after him potentially for that top spot if he's healthy. Uh, But with Jake, I think it's probably a a bigger deal that that he did not break nine. And it's something that just kind of adds to that that he's going to have to overcome because, I mean – as far as that 40 times concerned, I mean, are we going to put the over under it at, at, at four, nine, four, nine, five. Uh, it's not something that, you know, he could, he, he's not likely to really help his case in that this was really kind of the big moment for him was, was today. Cause we expect him to, he's going to do great in the interviews. We'd imagine. He should do pretty good in the throwing session as well. Uh, he really needed to come out and, and have good numbers across the board and, you know, he kind of came up short in the hand size. So it's just something else. He's going to have to overcome and prove people wrong moving forward.
1: Rusty, what are your thoughts on the measurements and, and how it may hurt him? I, I'll say this. I didn't really think it was a surprise to be honest with you.
2: No, I mean, it didn't, didn't surprise any of us. And again, I was in Texas the first time we measured his hands and, you know, Tua. And Jake, were on the same team on the East, too. I wanted to play on the East to be around the Alabama kids. And um, I remember sitting there, and we measured his hands. It was kind of some silence, and, and he went out of the room or went to the next station, and I looked, and we were standing there, and I was like, did y'all get that right? And they were like, man, we measured it twice. And I thought, man, I think he was eight and three quarters there. If I'm right, is that, was that what we got, Kip? I saw you pull the – Yep, it's eight and three quarters. Eight and three quarters, and I remember thinking, man, that is – that's small. So we go to practice the very next day, and we have brand-new balls. Brand-new balls. Slick as just ice, basically. And the first hour, you know, Tua is standing beside Jake, and he is just firing ropes. Well, Jake had some issues with a new ball. And I remember standing there with Barton and Barton said, "Man, he's having problems gripping that ball." Well, we went to lunch and we came back and we had some some balls that were not brand new. Uh Jake didn't do that, but we had some got some balls that that were used a little bit and scuffed up and I'll never forget Jake the second practice of that first day looked like a different person. I mean, he was firing the ball around very accurate doing what he's doing. So, I knew Potentially, there were going to be problems with his hand size at times. You know, he, great, Jake didn't play great in bad weather. Uh, windy games, the Kentucky game, those types of games. Uh, Texas A&M game, he didn't have the best games. When he was in his element, especially some climate control games, Alabama, those two games in the Dome, I mean, Jake Fromm was as good as any quarterback has played Alabama. Let's just be honest. Uh, and, and those are great defenses. What Kip said, I agree with. He's going to have to play in an environment that helps him. He's not going to be driving the ball down the field against Buffalo in Buffalo. He's not going to be, for the Giants, someone playing in that cold weather where it's going to hurt him. He needs to be in the south, I think, warm weather, San Diego, somewhere like that, a dome. Uh, I think Jake Fromm has still got really good playing days ahead of him but facts are facts, and that measurement means a lot. The information and data that Kip brought up is, is, is facts, and we don't make that decision. We don't make that pick, but that was not. That was a bad deal for Jake Fromm today with that measurement, and like Kip said, if he just gets to nine, that discussion goes away because with Jared Goff, he has proven you can do that. I was surprised at Joe Burrow's. Measurement to be honest with you, uh, but you know, he is at nine, so that's all he needs to be. And his tape is going to be there. Jake Fromm's got great tape, he's going to have he's going to wow these teams in his interviews. But the bottom line is, they're having this combine for a reason, and that's they 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 collect this data and they have a ton of history on that. That measurement did not help Jake Fromm at all. He's going to have to try to make up ground. Uh, through other areas, which I think he can. Uh, but that, that measurement today was, was really, really a bad deal. I was hoping that Jake would come in at least at 9. I know that's what he was trying to do, uh, come in at 9. So we'll see where it goes. I still think Jake Fromm is going to be drafted. Um, I still think he's going to get a great opportunity in the NFL. I just think that there's going to have to be some teams that going to have to help him. Uh, I saw Daniel Jeremiah probably a month or two ago talk about um, – You know he's going to have to play in a in a southern weather environment, and or a dome. And I certainly agree with that. Way more today after that measurement.
1: Yeah, and and I spoke with uh, I spoke with a NFL analyst uh, today. Just traded uh, Twitter DMs with him, and I I don't think they're surprised by it either. I I do think that you know you talk about
2: they knew knew, we we knew it, and uh, we knew it. The NFL they knew it was coming, but when you actually we had to put it on paper like, okay, this is what he is. That's That was the reality today.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I'll be interested to see if, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, they go through these hand massages and stretches and things like that. They'll get measured again at a pro day. If one of these teams gets him at nine and, and he can squeeze another eighth of an inch out, then that may actually work in his favor. I, I don't really know. but But I do know this. It's going to come down to how he looks in these workouts, how he can drive the ball downfield, and and how much thought they put into the to the film. And and ultimately, uh, which team falls in love with him, which team really wants him, which, which team really believes he can lead their team that can get the guys to play hard for him and get guys to buy in. And and that's going to be the most important thing. And whether it's in the second, third, or fourth round, uh, I feel confident he's going to get a shot. And you, you talk about those two quarterbacks from Arkansas that Kip brought up. I mean, Fromm won a lot more games than those guys had better players around him, but but had a much better career than either one of those guys. And and, and one of those guys ended up starting some games for the Broncos this past year, so that was that was pretty interesting as well. It didn't do too terribly, but uh, you know, Jake Fromm has has like like Rusty said, I think he's got a lot of good day, playing days ahead of him, and I, I think he's going to have a chance to prove a lot of doubters wrong. And and uh, we'll see where it goes from here because you know he's he's right at six two. He's a he's a big durable guy who. Who you know really did what he did at Georgia because of his ability to stay on the field and 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 play with toughness and and play w- the game between his ears and and uh, I know some NFL teams are going to put a high you know high priority on that. Uh, that's all we've got for this show, folks. Uh, you know, once again, it looks like it's confirmed at this point. Scott Cochran hired at Georgia. Really un- interested to see how that plays out.
2: That's still unbelievable. I hate to hijack, yeah, it, but nah. And, I mean, and, and, Scott Cochran is the special teams coach at the University of Georgia,
1: and and Saban's yeah. quote, man, I gotta say, Saban, you know, kind of being like, I understand the move. This guy wants to be a head coach one day. I can't get over the fact how Scott Cochran's betting on himself with this because he could sit there at Alabama and be considered one of the best strength and conditioning coaches of all time, and he's risking failure to do something that he wants to do. And I, I think that's, I think that's commendable.
2: Do you,
3: do you uh, think we, he makes the pitch to? The Kirby to, to bring those black jerseys back now? Bring them wow. back oh, out? The- man.
2: Oh, oh,
1: man. Bring the, wear them to Tuscaloosa.
2: What's the bet? Either one of you, what's the bet? Kip or Jake, does he have the title of special teams coach or does he have something else to text?
1: I, I don't know what else could be attached.
3: I think it head. has to just be special teams. You might have a sn- uh, snazzy name to it, but it. I think
2: it's it's going to be special teams. I think he's going to have special teams, but also to, to get a pay raise. And, again, I promise I don't know one ounce of inside information on this. This was completely off guard. I still think he's going to have to have – I would be dying to see what salary he has to come to georgia i think they're still gonna have to give him some other title the man might be director of weight football operation slash run game coordinator let's see what he is
1: well he, he might get assistant head coach seeing as how you know james coley was supposed to have that title and doesn't it also may be a situation rusty where if he put in 13 years in the state of Alabama might be vested after 10, have some sort of retirement, lean on with that too. So um, that might be something he could go ahead and pull on, but uh, it'll probably be in the neighborhood of about a half million. I have a hard time seeing 600,000, but uh, we'll we'll see if he gets to that point. But uh, like I said, just can't get over the fact that uh, he could be a legend at what he does. And I guess always will be, but risks kind of some failure with this on-field thing, seeing as how he's never done it before. And, and uh, maybe Kirby Smart's taking just as big a chance, just kind of knowing that, that Scott Cochran's not the kind of guy that fails at things like this. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll have plenty of time to discuss it and see how it plays out. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. We're from Dogs 24-7, and we'll see you guys later on.